Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 11th, 2018. And what a cold night it is now, it's, I've got a good six inches of snow on the ground to start off the year, and that came down about yesterday, I think it was. And now it's down temperature-wise to about 10 degrees and falling below freezing. And so it's, uh, it's on its way. Meanwhile, they're prattling on about one of the warmest winters to come, possibly after two months ago, saying it was going to be one of the coldest winters to come. Uh, but that's the experts for you. They get paid, uh, kind of like lawyers, they get paid where they win or lose. But now they're saying that El Nino, underwater uh, warming and volcanoes and that might, and the weather pattern of movement of warmer water might warm the atmosphere, etc., etc., etc. You know, the more of the turnout of these universities for for these jobs, who end, they generally end up looking for grant money to support themselves. And the more bogus stuff they can come up with, the better, because they have nothing else to give you. They still can't tell you from one day to the next what the weather is going to be. Have you noticed that? With all their satellites and everyone else, they claim they don't know what's happening. So they say. But really, they should all be, all these weather forecasters should be phoning up the military and saying, what, are you, what combination are you spraying the people with today from the geoengineering planes? And maybe we start getting somewhere and we'd know where to get an umbrella or a fur coat out there. And it can be, sure, it can be synthetic fur for those who, who hate that kind of stuff. So we'd know what to wear for the day, you see. But much, much easier. Because I'm sure the big geoengineering boys at the top know perfectly well what they're spraying and what they expect to... Because to, to, they've, got, they've got sprays now, and they've had them for years. They can make it rain or, or dissipate the clouds, in fact. So we can make clouds appear or dissipate the clouds. The great thing for the last few years is giving us snowstorms with thunder and lightning. It's quite interesting to watch. It's quite exciting going out there and watching that. It's very sci-fi, you might say. So that's what we get today. So they're calling, and I'm, I'll bet you anything, as I'm up to about my nose and snow by January, they'll be telling us it's the warmest winter we've ever had, according to their, their, their histories, which don't go back very far at all. And even then, it's all fudged. Now, the air has really dropped in humidity, big time. It's dry because of the cold. That's what happens when the cold weather comes in. And that's also what helps me lose my voice at times. It's, it's just, you, you simply dry up. And, and I've got a, a humidifier on tonight, so it'll help a bit. So hopefully I can get through the night without croaking like a frog and do the talk. And my talk is always about reality as opposed to the farce that they were given as reality by the authorities. And don't, don't you think for a second that there's all kinds of different sides competing to be some kind of supreme overlord of the planet? There's only one. And you'll find it in the, the books, of course, of those who admit that their whole goal was always to rule the planet and how they create different sides and factions and so on. Carl Quigley said the same thing about the Council on Foreign Relations, the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which also has a European branch of international affairs for all the politicians in Europe. And... Uh, and then, and then, then have the Asian Pacific group as well for Australia, and into China and Japan. They're always at it. And they, these the guys, remember, who gave us the necessities for world wars. They said they would need world wars through their through their Fabian sect because they also run the left wing as well. 
all these lords running out the left wing. And they gave because because socialism through Fabianism means scientific management of the planet. They're all for the same thing, you see. And that's what Quigley said, who, who was a historian for the CFR. He said that we've got all kinds working for us. We don't mind dictators or communists or fascists or whatever. He says they're, they're all welcome, and because they all really are are aiming for the same kind of goals, which of course is dominating the whole planet and running it through a scientific system for those who own the planet. And I call it own the planet because at the very top you've got money. And nothing is ever going to change when a small clique runs central banks across the whole planet. It's not going to change, making money out of nothing. The gold standard is long gone, any standard is long gone, and it's literally money out of nothing. It's paper money or plastic money or blips on a computer, and it, there's nothing to back it up at all. Which even makes a farce of even the idea of inflation, really. Inflation used to happen when they went overboard, when they used to have something backing the, the, the fiat or, or, or paper money. Paper money was a promissory note to pay. And specie, that's what used to be on pound notes in Britain, it was said to pay the bearer on demand in specie. And in Britain it was silver, sterling, they call it sterling. And that was what you're supposed to get. But they, they did away with that during uh, after the Bretton Woods Agreement when they came up with the idea of just giving you con money and backed by nothing with a small clique managing it, the Superman. You know, the, the magic, the magic team. Uh, this is Mission Impossible. This is the real Mission Impossible team where they sit and stick their hands out the window every day and decide how much your currency is going to be worth. And then they issue bonds as they pretend to borrow from other big uh, lenders, whoever these secret people are, who give you secret nothings except uh, go ahead and, and print these, these notes up or add it to your collection, if you might say. And then they want to get paid back in, in real wealth, which is real goods, tangible stuff, stuff that we don't really get, you know. For money, we need to buy it, in other words. So it's all a racket and a con game. But the whole point of it was, was to bring in a controlled society. It always was. We look at the different characters involved in, with John Maynard Keynes and characters like that. And his best pal was one of the Rothschild guys. Uh, and they all knew each other, these characters. They had many discussions when they were students. And they, they planned this, this whole futuristic controlled society. This is the time, remember, of mass movements and even ultranationalism at the time, the rise of powerful countries to be ultranationalistic. And even countries to be came out of that, even though they lived in other countries and formed their own country eventually, some of them. So this, is, this was a big, big time for, for totalitarian ideas. And science was at the, the pinnacle at that time of being worshipped because it was going to cure the world of all its ills. Scientists were the new magicians. And uh, they would rule the world and plan the world and have us all working and behaving in a socialistic manner to serve the greater good, which really was that the greater of the good and, and your commonwealth would go to the small clique of bankers at the top. And that's really how the system really works. It really is. It drips with treacle and honey. Uh, this, we're here to help you, honestly. It really is. You look at all the, the, the nonsense that goes through the United Nations and the World Bank, this private consortium of, of, of very private people, secretive people, that loan to the planet, using our cash, mind you, and getting governments, our governments acting like lenders as well, using our tax money to, to dish out to different facilities 
within third world countries, knowing the, the third world countries cannot pay it back because they put the, us down as guarantors to pay it once they default. And once they default and we pay it back, they give them an hour loan. It goes on and on and on. And that's why these, these bankers love this system which they created. It's a private club at the top. These aren't, these aren't your little branch managers. As well understood amongst the ones at the top, even when the Rothschilds mentioned it himself when he was asked about the con of banking and how it was really a racket to, to serve the bankers themselves and how if it went into a, a paper-type currency backed by nothing, it, would, uh, it was a great, a really obvious con. But he, he said, no, and the people will, as long as they use, use the money as legitimate money, it's legitimate if the government says it's legitimate, then, and they mandate that you use that and nothing else, then they can't lose. And he said that uh, accountants and chartered accountants and people who are heavily involved in managing money, money managers, they would catch on to all the scams, but they wouldn't. Uh, go out and expose the cons that were going on because they were profiting themselves so much from it. So they had nothing to, to gain by exposing it. And that's been the same to, to the present time, really. And most of the public, literally, uh, and it's astonishing, and I, I grew up wondering why nobody had questioned just basic things like that. Even relatives and uncles and so on. And I even mentioned to an uncle, when he mentioned he was getting a pay raise, I said, well... You know, your pay raise is, is minuscule. Everybody gets a pay raise at the same time. That was the old idea to make you all think you were winning. But in reality, we're running backwards as your pay raise could never keep up with the cost of living, which always went way above whatever, whichever you're given as a pay raise. And I remember reading an article a few years ago on the air on the radio show where it actually mentioned that in Canada was a good example where the real wages hadn't really risen since 1980 for almost 30 years. That's reality. And that's how the controlled system brings you in to a form of austerity. That's, what the, that's why the UN's been prattling. And the UN, remember, is a, is a creation of this clique that created the World Bank and the IMF and the Bank for International Settlements. It's all one group. And the United Nations itself, too. So they're, they're doing their job well because they're going to profit and bring it all about. So as they profit, to bring the world into austerity and under control. And we're heading towards the next big bank crash too. Everybody knows it. Money in Canada, if you handle the paper, which is now plastic money, actually, it's, it's plastic notes, like Australia and some other countries, you're throwing away $50 bills like you used to throw away 10s not so long ago. And actually, it's $100 bills now, like you used to throw, <laughs> 20s maybe. That's where it's got down to now. Uh, quite disgusting. But it's planned that way, and we keep giving more and more money across the planet in loans, knowing it, we'll never get it back, and we have to pay it off. And the bankers win, because we are guaranteed to pay it off when the third world countries uh, fail. It's planned, that, it's set up that way, and it's all well understood at the top. Your prime ministers all know it too. They won't change it because this is a system that's meant to benefit a global control system, a, a system across the planet, totally controlled, totally controlled. And remember, I've given so many talks about the Council of Foreign Relations, Royal Institute for International Affairs, the characters, the Alfred Milner group that was one of the groups behind it, along with Cecil Rhodes, 
before they even knew their names. The public didn't even know the names of these people or these groups before they came out uh, with their all entry for international affairs. They'd already caused wars in Africa as they grabbed land that had gold and diamonds on it for this. Well, they're philanthropists, really. They want to, gra- they want to help the planet by stealing all the, all the resources and things, you see. Like Cecil Rhodes, that's what he was up to. And then the other groups that, that worked with him, along with the, the Lord Alfred Milner group, that uh, created the Boer War. They actually created the Boer War. And then after they got all that, they created the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They just, merged, they just morphed into the new name. But they, they, run all, they also run the Royal Society to make sure that scientists are on board with the propaganda that they feed us. Uh, so that we'll believe them. They, and now they put out people as stars, like scientific stars. And they pay big money to make them stars, so they will follow them. The star-making machinery. That's another story in itself. But anyway, here we go. Um, back again to what I was prattling on about. Is the world's a vastly different world than the one you think it is. And the one that, that is portrayed to you. Vastly different. We're run with such psychology and indoctrination, all combined so so slickly together today, most folk don't even know it. They think it's all normal. Now, the way that uh, the system works and how this system actually trains us all, indoctrinates us all, is explained very well by Aldous Huxley as one example out of many examples. When he wrote about it in the 1930s in Brave New World, and in his lectures, too, afterwards, he talked about it, about Brave New World Revisited and how many of the things he talked about had come to pass by the 1960s. If you read the letters, too, to the exchange with George Orwell, you'll, you'll see that he, he understood, mixing with the class that he mixed with, and, and he and his brother both called it a scientific management class. They were part of the management uh, of the people using scientific methods, along with others, of course, like Bertrand Russell and many, many others, to shape society and, and raise each generation with the right indoctrination, step by step, by per generation, until they achieved their goals. And Huxley was well aware in the 1930s that by using these scientific techniques, they could accomplish what they wanted. He had a few, not really disputes with George Orwell about the techniques which would be used to make the people obey. But he did agree that possibly both techniques of Brave New World and 1984 would be brought into play together initially to make it all happen. And sure, that's what we've got under terrorism today, isn't it? The threat of terrorism is we can have no private thoughts to ourselves. They encourage you to give all your thoughts up to outside organizations like Facebook and so on so that the governments and everybody else in every agency can grab it and catalog you. Uh, and uh, and that it's a danger to society if you have privacy. All the all the nightmares of George Orwell uh, are here now, actually, for those who haven't quite got it yet. But you haven't seen the boot stamped into your face yet. It's a metaphorical boot because it's done in many other ways with social approval and social disapproval by scientific techniques, by shunning. The, the person uh, that's not going along with, uh, with the general crowd. Scientific, uh, and very obvious too, and we've done shows about them. But that particular technique recently, in fact, and you all, I'm sure, have heard it. But anyway, 
they knew uh, that uh, these techniques would be used. The, the threat of, of government is always coercion. You get coerced into doing something, and then physical force, if you don't comply, is used as a standard technique. But they can also make it appealing. And I think that Aldous Huxley mentioned that quite a few times, how people would be willing to give up their freedoms and their decision-making abilities and rights for the so-called greater good by the proper indoctrination that they would willingly accept their servitude. And that's what you're hearing today, the globalization, the global society. We are one, all these slogans, and that's what they are, folks. Don't ever, ever mistake them for being truthful. They're slogans to be used to bring you under the spell. They are part of some great movement for the betterment of humankind. Don't ever, ever think, don't forget the far left under real socialism, like the Fabian Society. Along with the counterpart, and don't forget the famous society had many lords at the at the top of it. Of course, you even had uh, Aldous Huxley's brother as, as a member of it too, and many, many others. So the whole idea was to use eugenics to, for the betterment of the race, they called it. They used socialism, and they used the international socialist movement, which they set up, in fact, across the whole of, the, of Europe, now the world to always recruit the youth, to train them to be future leaders, and that hasn't stopped. And you'll find the same members of the groups that train them, and the leaders or the owners of these groups, in fact, are also members of the Royal Institute for International Affairs Concerned Foreign Relations. The same guys who brought you the World Bank, the United Nations, the League of Nations before that, uh, the IMF, the Bretton Woods Agreement, and many, many other, other, other movements to do with globalization. Free, the whole free trade fiasco, which isn't free at all, as you know. The idea was to make it cheaper for corporations, in fact, free for corporations, to import and export stuff from abroad. But all the taxes, but see, one time you didn't get all the heavily taxed, the taxes on the people, the public, that you do today. And the idea was to wean the taxation off which used to run governments and all of its institutions from imports, import duty, and, and now they place it on the taxpayer, the individual person. So you're paying all those corporate taxes now that used to be paid by corporations, and they just take the money to the bank from their cheap labor in the Far East. That's what free trade's all about. But it's all done under great excuses and guises. It sounds almost like mum's apple pie. We're here to help you all. And they have big, big, the biggest marketing companies putting out the slogans that we're all one and we're all in it together. Just like a war. We're all in it together, you know. Just astonishing, eh? Isn't it? As we get plundered by those who are are put in front of you to vote for with their big, big fat salaries and so on. Absolutely plundered. It's incredible. And they all go along with the same singular agenda. If you notice, because they've all had the same basic training and you can't get on today. In fact, you couldn't be elected by the pre-election committees that that pick them for you to vote for unless they were trained from an earlier age, basically. Tony Blair was. No smiling Tony Blair. He had all the right qualities beginning with being a psychopath, which was obvious. No guilt whatsoever about anything they ever did. He actually said that. And... um, he was a one-man band to get Britain into a war that had nothing to do with and no right to go in the first place. 
and and of course it helped to demolish what was left of Britain. In fact, with the mass migration afterwards, so he knew what he was doing, and I'm sure there were forces behind him that have looked after Tony awfully, awfully well before and after being prime minister, and um, they haven't stopped with him yet. In fact, for that matter. They made him a member of the quartet where he could divert money off into, from the Middle East and even Gaza into J.P. Morgan, for instance. That's one of the backers for that group. But he also, and I, I did talks on who put him into office uh, for, for Britain to run for his, and by God, it was the same group basically that were behind it uh, for the, the neocons for the U.S. His mentor was Isaiah Berlin, remember? I, I gave a talk on that before. He was one of the guys who came out with the different theories on, on positive freedom or negative freedom. And negative freedom is, is basically what they used in the communist system. And Tony went to him and asked him, could they combine the two, the two types? With, with He was talking basically about what was to come, what we have now, by bringing in a system where you're, you're completely spied upon and so on, and you have less ability to choose your, your own destinies in some ways. But you would be immediately stopped by walking in the street all the time, a bit that way. Although in London you might be, as they get worse and worse and worse. They're giving out new laws all the time in, in Britain. To now search and seize everybody, uh, to see if they've got uh, knives on them. So cause the problem. Bring in the people who, who cause the problems with knives and so on, and the drugs. They know this. They, there's nobody that's brought in especially from, the, from uh, across Africa, that they don't know about. They know this stuff. There have been so many documentaries, uh, from British troops, in fact, across the Middle East, who were given these, they were taking fingerprints of everybody in different parts of the, of the countries that were told to go into. Everybody. Men, women, and children. And iris scans, too. So they know who everybody is. And in Africa, uh, they know, too, who's, who's, who are the gangster crew. They know from the, the tattoos a lot of them have from the gangs they belong to. So if they bring them in, it's to, it's to cause the problems at home. What else could it be? Come on, it's common sense. And Ireland had a, uh, an expose too, quite recently, on, on the mass migration into Ireland. And who was behind it too? Because there are people behind these things. They're not from the countries that are coming in. And... Um, they found out that a tiny minority actually came from the country it was supposed to be about, which was Syria. And, and most of them came from Pakistan and, and Africa, all over Africa. And they're not refugees in the sense of the word either. They just won't enter a country to make money. And they weren't starving. You're not seeing starving people coming in. Far from it. It's simply a way to skip ahead of the legalized process. But there are big forces that want all this to happen in the borderless world. And those forces have made themselves known as to why they want it that way. It isn't just a matter of creating chaos because they hate the planet. They might hate a lot of people on it, but they plan to control it through chaos. And that's what happens, you see. Well, this is terrible. We want to do something about this. Look what's happened. And, and more laws and regulations and less freedoms and so on. That's what happens. It's planned that way. It's, it's common sense. We know this. There's nothing to guess at. There's nothing to guess at at all, actually. But big plans are afoot, as I say. But you can go back into the socialist and uh, inter- the social international groups and see who they were. And Canada was famous, too, for putting even people who became prime ministers 
across their head of the, the communist the, uh, parties, really socialist international parties, which is communist at the time. And they play the game, but we're not really communist today, we're socialist. You know? Even though the, union, the USSR, as they call it, the Soviet system, is a union of, of so, Soviet socialist republics. So you've got to stop playing the game of, of what they tell you, how they define themselves today. And that goes for any group for that matter. And stop using their terminology and just say what it is. Because that's the only way you can keep your sanity. Well, you're forbidden to keep your sanity and to explain and say and state what you see. Uh, you're, that's it. The game's finished, folks. Complete and utter tyranny. Tyranny of the mind. But as I say, uh, Aldous Huxley was quite confident you could bring it about where they'd willingly give up uh, their freedoms and, and, and accept servitude for little you know, freedoms like free sex and things like that and the state taking care of any problems with sex like abortions and things like that occasional treatments for, for sexually transmitted diseases not all of which, by the way, in fact there's a lot of them you can't treat anymore, you can't cure but they never talk about that in the movies eh? they put out for the children <laughs> Never do that. And it's all this fun, fun, fun. It's really astonishing how easy it is to manage the public through, through a culture industry backed by governments and the government institutions. Remember, government is more than just what you elect. It's a massive, massive organization behind government, which is part of government and civil service. Massive, it is. And now they've farmed out so many parts of government to private agencies this public-private partnership deal that as far back as Al Gore, they were talking about that when they said they'd reinvent government. That's what they said, reinvent government. Public-private partnerships. Even Prince Charles was given a, a job for a little while going around the world talking about the, the need to, for public-private partnerships, meaning the public finances at all and the private boys take all the profit and then end up owning it for nothing. It's not a bad deal, really. It's kind of like free trade, same idea. They do all the trade for free and you pay for the short phone taxes. Not bad. But that's the world we live in. It's all deception. And again, in Brave New World, in the movie versions, and there's a few of them, we're all worth watching because they show you the so-called primitive guide from outside the boundary of uh, uh, the, the, the utopian settlement. They have free sex and they're all genetically injured and so on. But they have a few barbarians outside those realms and they bring in one of them who was self-educated and had read Shakespeare and he had ideas about love and virtue and families and, and decency and honour and completely foreign things to all the, the happy citizens of this utopia, who listened to him very politely because he was kind of cute, you see, to them. So they, they listened politely and, 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 and sniggered and laughed a bit, but they weren't unkind to him. They just thought he was a bit odd and antiquated and they couldn't identify with what he was talking about because they had different partners every night of the week and so on. You see, the whole point is the end of the family unit was a prime imperative of all the same organizations that you hear of involved in this global movement, going back to uh, World Socialism, Revolutionary Party International, the World Revolutionary Party. It's all the same group, by the way, really, run by the same, the same people. And the same those guys in academia always uh, churning out the books for them in all ages. And it hasn't changed to the present day. But, uh, yeah, end of the family was a prime thing. And then uh, free sex for everybody. And even the, the communists in the Soviet Union 
had they had they had communists flooding in there from from the, the worlds, thinking it'd be a, a, a utopia for free sex until they had to stop it after the revolution in Russia because the, their families were falling apart, folk weren't turning up to work, they had a massive unwanted pregnancy problem, and, and they realised that the, the destruction was destroying their system, which was to be in opposition of the so-called a farce, the, the capitalist system. They all run on money, folks, all these systems. Hmm? And the money is always owned, uh, not by the state at all, by a, a small clique, even when they pretend it is run by the state. <laughs> Everything is deception. It really is. It truly is deception. When the eye above is open, the one below is closed. And when the one below is open, the one above is closed. That's, that's the old saying, the saying that... This, the occult societies that run it all. It's quite comical in a sense when you look at the history of some of the occult movements down through the, the centuries, right up to Francis Bacon, when they, they mixed Kabbalah with some of the different religions, including Christianity, they mixed it with it eventually, trying to get more secrets out of the occult, the occult, the occult and using numerology and astronomy and all the rest of it, and trying to predict the future. It was quite something. Isaac Newton, of course, was a great Kabbalist, and he studied Hebrew to, to understand it as much as he could, and Bacon did something similar too. And, many, and John Dee, of course, but the thing is, they, they literally were revolutionary. The whole idea was to, was to fix the world, and make it run properly, not just like the planets would go across. And they thought like a like a mechanical universe. They want to, to, to run humankind the same way, and no doubt too to, to more ordinary people with less who are not in the know of the, of the secret societies with a definite revolutionary mission. The ordinary folk would turn around to and say, "There's just too many wars going on, etc." And they would always look forward to this. This this would they'd all become one, etc. So that's why they always use these terminal these terms. Where a brotherhood will always be one, and will be one across the world, and it never pans out that way. Even in modern political parties, you have different groups within parties, re- representing subgroups and subsects, and even ethnic groups and religious sects and so on. And so the whole farce of of the New Atlantis. Ben Salem, where, where they would, everybody would be equal to an extent to, and a brotherhood all working together, is, is a farce. It certainly failed that way, didn't But was it really intended to succeed? Because after all, Ben Salem was also to be run by a secret, an even more secret elder brotherhood, unknown to the people. Well, isn't that what we've got today? Because it certainly is, isn't the ones you elect. It's not the ones you elect who's running. They rubber stamp things that are put in front of them. But they don't run them. They don't make decisions that way. They really don't. That's the trick of all. And why would they have all these think tanks advising them? Private think tanks. The main one is, again, the Royal Institute for International Affairs Dash Council on Foreign Relations. Not just a few countries, but they're, they're, they're working for... Dozens and dozens of countries across the planet now advising them what to do. Well, why don't you just elect the CFR? Because you are basically, <laughs> anyway, whether well, you know it or not, you're electing them anyway. 
Carl Quigley said uh, that the members of all opposing parties, the leaders of them all, the upper elite group of each party, are all members of the same group. There's a good one there, a good con, eh? Not bad. But the folk never gets it. The public never gets it. But the ones who really run it all, the capstone is the eye. Of course it is. That's the money. They all run on the same money system, the same central banking con, where the central banks now are all amalgamating across the planet and all under the, the same World Bank group and so on, with money of nothing. And banks member, including these banks, live on interest. It's not meant to get, pay off the, the actual sum itself, but the interest is where they make their cash. Masses of interest, forever. It's not meant to ever get paid off. That's control, right? Because then you do what you're told. Because with every loan comes demands, social demands, and cultural demands, etc., etc. You get in the picture. But it's quite amusing, as I say, to, to listen to the farce of how they portray it. And it's easy, again, to get young youngsters on board and uh, with see, the use international socialists and so on. Because when you're young, you're idealistic. You see what's wrong. But you, don't, you, you see the effects of it. You really don't get the picture of the big evil ogres above it all that are now running you. They're training you to be revolutionaries for themselves, the ones who already run it. You don't quite get it, do you? But a few catch on, and they're the higher intellect psychopath, and they get picked to be future leaders. And they'll part all their... Re- right. The whole problem with humanity is too many of you... And, and the rest of it is you're all going to kill the planet off with global warming or, or whatever it happens to be as they use environment as their big, big staff now for con- total control over how you're going to live, if you're even going to eat, what you're going to eat, if you're going to travel, if you can't travel, etc., etc., where you can live, Agenda 21 for the whole 21st century, blah, blah, blah. They have nothing else to hold on to except, well, we're going to save you all by because you're, you're destroying the planet. That's what they tell you. The same folk the big international corporations put in there. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? And it's just too believable. And all the documentaries they churn out, and I mean really churn out fast, 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 all designed for different age groups, but using teams of psychologists to put things across to embed horror in youngsters' minds, make some willing converts forever. Doesn't mean it's truthful stuff, but the way it's put across will be embedded in their minds forever. Now, when you look at this one organization as an example, put out again, really set up by the same guys who set up the Fabian Society, and above it all was the same one group that ran the right wing already for the empire, the people, the empire builders, you might say. So that they ran the right wing and the left wing. So the International Union of Social East Youth, Socialist Youth, they call it, World Federation, etc., etc. And it was first formed, they say, in 1907, and it says it's non-governmental, even though they have a say in it now in, in different governments across the planet. Its activities include publication support of member organizations and the organization of meetings, formed as a youth wing of the Second International, under the name Socialist Youth International, IUSY now has 145 member organizations, including 122 full members and 23 observer members from 106 countries. 
They've gained status as an international youth, non-governmental organization. So there's an army with the United Nations ECOSOC. It's like right, off, uh, right out of uh, <laughs> George Orwell's, isn't it? ECOSOC, eco-socialism, uh, consultative status, 1993. So it gives you some history. In the, and just in the Wikipedia, for instance, as an example, founded initially in Vienna, it says, uh, it first came in from it was met, the first meeting was in German town of Stuttgart and uh, they founded the Socialist Youth International as a youth organization of the second international these were communist institutions by the way this international office was located at Vienna and remained there to this day except for a few brief extraordinary periods and so on then they give you the usual spiel that um, they, they were not they were always against war you see and uh, this is where war broke out in 1940, even though a vast majority of the socialist parties openly supported their country's war efforts, the Socialist Youth International remained steadfast in a principled opposition to war and militarism. They then moved its office to Zurich, and there it published its journal called Youth International Calling for Peace, which had to be distributed uh, illegally given the circumstances. And then the formation of the Communist International in Moscow in 1919 officially split the workers and youth movement into two sides. The representatives of the Socialist and Social Democratic Current reconvened the International Socialist Youth Movement in 1921. So they tried to avoid getting called communists, but everybody knew that they actually were. That's where the Communist Party recruited their members for Europe. And they never stopped, of course, because the idea, remember, is a world government and world governance, uh, which, of course, is, it doesn't even need a national building for that matter. But uh, world governance is the whole point of all, a borderless world, which they're pushing for now. That's what this massive caravan up from Latin America into the U.S. is about, too, right now. It's a well-funded show. It's a show at the moment, but it's a well-funded show to abolish borders, and you're seeing them come to the fore. Quite interesting, though. This article here is very watered down and kind of nicey-nicey. But don't forget that when they talk about peace, it would become one of their main uh, main slogans for well, They were for peace, not for war. Well, remember the, the communists said, when they were asked to, to describe what, what peace meant to them, it meant the absence of all opposition, if you haven't quite figured it out yet. But that's how it really, really does work. And they've got presidiums and control commissions and so on and so on and so on. Too much to talk about. But anybody who's anybody in the left wing is a member of it, international. And you'll see the British uh, Labour Party. But Tony Blair, in fact, I put up a, a few years back, where you see him and his party on, on a, a, a stage singing the Red Flag song, you know, the international. They keep the red flag flying high. And that same red flag was responsible for, for multi-millions of deaths, for a peace-loving people, of course, across the Soviet system. Nothing's ever real as to what it claims to be. But again, you can grab the youth because it's so... You, you want to believe in something when you're young. You want to believe there's, there's reality and decency and honor and so on. But it's not like that. And even when you're young, how, how young are you going to stay? For how long? Because uh, before you're, you're hitting your 20s, you see yourselves changing. And who wants to get ahead by different means or any means at the expense of everybody else? Etc., etc. 
And th- those things which were black and white start to seem blend into a form, a form of grey, you might say. That's how it ends up being for most people. And then they become the brutes which they, they detested growing up. True. Anyway, I'll put up uh, the wiki page for those, uh, or the link to wiki, and you can look, look down the whole page and see all the different uh, dozens and dozens and maybe hundreds for all I know, organizations uh, of socialist uh, groups uh, of all flavors, of course, even though the, the, whole, the whole idea of Labour Party and socialist is, is a joke today because uh, the long ago gave up the idea of serving the working class. And now it's all, it's either gender this and whatever happens to be, or, or saving the environment by using the environment to manage and, and dictate people's lives to them, etc., etc. Um, but the, the long, the long, it's all, they're almost preaching for new converts from all, any kind of spin-off groups of all kinds, uh, rather than just serve the, the basic interests of the working people for good living, wages, uh, health care. And accommodation, decent hygiene and all that kind of thing. They've long forgotten all of that. So now, now they literally pander to different groups and splinter groups. And, and newcomers coming into different countries too, they'll, they'll pander them too. And it causes more dissension around the street, everybody the same. It really does. So they've, they've forgotten what they were there for. But it reminds me too, and I mentioned it before, about the, the different groups that they, that they used, which were really pushing communism inside America. Uh, with the early folk days and the weavers is a good example where um, they literally admitted themselves they kind of came out of university none of them were working class people they gave them dungarees that, you know, that to wear like the farmers would wear the idea how the farmers would wear to make them look like working class people uh, and give them the, the guitars and so on and the songs were written for them yada 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 and the whole idea was to get the young folk to, to follow them. And the songs were awfully good, some of them. Good, good, good uh, food-tapping songs and so on. But the whole point of it was, you just don't get working-class people uh, running these organizations anymore. That's a tragedy. That is a tragedy. And even then, because they're working-class doesn't mean they're a saint either. Don't forget that either, whatever you do. People are people. And all types of traits run in all kinds of groups and all kinds of people. Now, when you look at the different people who are involved, I mean, these, the, the member two, uh, the, the massive support that they have from multi-billionaires, the same people who often were, were communists and funded communism at one point, and were all for it, or came out of the group, the families around communism. And, you, you, I mean, you'll find, for instance, Karl Popper, Karl Popper, or Karl Raymond Popper, who's eventually knighted, I think, in Britain, uh, uh, but he himself was um, from Vienna initially, and he died in 1994. But he, he had a good span, 1902 to 1994. And he he was one of these, I call it pseudo-psychology uh, <laughs> or pseudo-philosophy. Um, that's, that's what I call it. Most of these things are, most of them are really alternatives to, uh, to religion, to create a new religion based on, Science, in a sense, by using logic, but even though they can never get as far as they want, because they have all these these different goals to put across there to spin things off, or goals to achieve by using science. Now, science is supposed to develop; it goes along. It doesn't have the goals initially. It's something that develops by empirical testing, and to this, to that, to that, to the next thing, to the next thing. 
if you if you try to fudge your, your reports by claiming it's achieved the goals that it was set up to do, then it was a con in the first place. It cast not true science. Well, it's the same with philosophy. And most philosophy you'll find is the same kind of thing. But anyway, you'll find, uh, for instance, <laughs> that Popper, he was into mathematics and physics, which is good, and then he just a lot of psychology at the University of Vienna, and he taught philosophy at, at Canterbury University College, New Zealand, and then he went over to England and to the London School of Economics, which they all, they all go through the London School of Economics that was set up again by the same crew that gave you the British Empire and the Fabian Society and ran the City of London. <laughs> the same group. And uh, so he became a professor of logic. But the whole idea, he came up with the idea of the open society. And he, he actually wrote one called, a book called The Open Society and Its Enemies and the poverty of historicism and postscript to the logic of scientific discovery. Then he got 19, 1965, I think that's maybe when the time when Harold Wilson was in, who, who was well known for um, his particular stance too, and his, his, uh, what was behind him and his party at the time as well. But anyway, uh, Popper, of course, uh, had uh, some teaching that he gave too, to George Soros, by the way. And that's why George Soros called his organization to change the world and the socialist system, the open society. That was his mentor, was Mr. Popper. It's amazing how it all comes together, that kind of thing, isn't it? And then I'll, I'll put up two after this, uh, uh, this, this article, a good article, to show you that George Soros funds 187 organizations directly and seven inter- indirect, it says here. It's interesting about how a man can be involved in basically making sure that the whole world's become a standardized left wing, far left, a particular type in his image, left wing. And, uh, and the borderless world. Well, the same things as the Royal for International Affairs. Remember, free trade and, interna- and the borderless world was, was all to go together from the royal, don't forget that word, royal Institute for International Affairs, that became the Council on Foreign Relations for America and the Asian Pacific Group as well, for the Far East, Australia, New Zealand, etc. They're, they're not all. And you think it's right wing. Interesting. But as I say, the big bank boys love socialism because they, they, they can keep lending money out to nations for other nations to, to give to other nations and, and guarantee their guaranteed payment when the initial country or the country that the money's lent to from a nation defaults then the country that you gave it to is, is who, who's the, the guarantor must pay it back that's guaranteed payback eh? forever never never not bad eh? it's for the greater good you know Anyway, the organizations, it's astonishing how many he's got in the U.S., state to state alone. Literally, if, I don't understand how they don't call this meddling. I really don't, you know. He wants ex-inmates and parolees and current inmates to, to also vote. He also had organizations to even get children under the voting age, get the, whole, get the voting age moved to get them, because he has all these youth organizations, and he also has an organization, a major role is in creating this group. It says, American Coming Together, it says uh, to get uh, 
the vote campaigns targeted likely democratic voters. So he, he literally has a hand in everything to do with elections. is isn't just... Don't think it's to do, do philanthropy. You would think is just well, little charity work here. No, no, nothing's further from the truth. All these organisations, including the big foundations, only fund armies of NGOs for for their own purpose. But these are armies to ensure the world goes one way, their way. Now, there's one called Alliance for Justice. He, he's involved, he is his organization, best known for his activism vis-a-vis the appointment of federal judges. This group consistently depicts fit Republican judicial nominees as extremists. He used to have Air America Radio, now defunct. That was a self-identified liberal, meaning left-wing radio network. Don't forget, too, that Khrushchev, when he came in to visit America, he was asked about how the communists in America. He said, we don't call them uh, communists in America, we call them liberals. <laughs> For those who don't quite understand that. <laughs> a lot of foreigners don't, you know. And um, America coming together, major role, it says its purpose was to coordinate and organize pro-democratic voter mobilization programs. America Votes Soros played a major role in creating the group whose get-out-the-vote campaigns targeted likely Democrat voter, uh, voters. America Voice, which is this Open Borders group, for Open Borders group, seeks to promote comprehensive immigration reforms, includes a robust agenda in favour of amnesty for legal aliens. Well, that means it's a permanent thing, you know, like elimination of borders. American Bar Association Commission on Immigration Policy opposes laws that require employers or persons providing education, health care, or other social services to verify citizenship or immigration status. You understand it's everything that makes you a nation he wants to eliminate. An American Bridge 21st Century, the Super PAC Group, PAC, conducts opposition research designed to help Democratic political candidates defeat their Republican foes. And the American Civil Liberties Union, opposes virtually all post-9-11 national security measure enacted by the U.S. government. Uh, American Constitution Society for Law and Policy, Washington, D.C.-based think tank, seeks to move American jurisprudence to the left by recruiting, indoctrinating, and mobilizing young law students. <laughs> so there you go. Helping them acquire positions of power and also provides leftist Democrats with a bully uh, pulpit from which to denounce their political adversaries. It goes on and on. I'll, I'll put this up. It's, it's really interesting to read through it all, uh, to, to understand how one man's uh, organization, don't forget, he, says he, must have a, he probably has a big staff, like a bureaucracy bigger than some small governments, uh, to run all this stuff. It literally, it's a government in itself, isn't it? So Karl Popper was his mentor. And also, too, to show you, Prime Minister Jacinda Aldern's debut speech to the United Nations. She's the Prime Minister now of New Zealand. Again, uh, Socialist International, all the stuff I've talked about before, she belonged to all that kind of stuff, and she's for the, the world citizenship idea. And that, for those who don't get it too, was a, 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 to do an elimination of, of borders, etc. Uh, and... Yeah, all that stuff. She gave a speech at the United Nations recently. I'll put the link up, and you can see it for yourselves. She's, uh, yeah, straight out of the, the, the picked early, trained, and that's why she's been made Prime Minister, because now is the time to, to use her, basically, in New Zealand, and in, a, in an age of mass migration, you see. And I'll put up her, her wiki page as well, for those who want to. But, yeah, the same Socialist International group, blah, 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 blah. 
which is, don't forget, that's international. Everything's in, when you hear something international, they mean international. They don't believe in nations, folks, for those who don't quite get it yet. There's also another one, too, with uh, Mr. Soros, who came out. I guess he may, I don't know if he paid for it or not, but he, he was interviewed by Michael Steinberger. And I, I suspect it's been an arranged thing. But anyway, uh, it says George Soros on the New World Disorder. And it says that he believes his political legacy has never been in greater jeopardy. Uh, as it gets attacked, which means exposed, because the time is there where more folk are politically aware of what's going on. The same kind of statement was made, mind you, by another player in it too, that was Brzezinski, a few years ago, when he said the people are becoming politically awake for the first time. Meaning the word was getting out by the internet, well, what was going on, what was really running the show, etc. You know? I'll also put up an article about the World Bank, it's quite interesting about uh, uh, the World Bank Group, etc., and how what uh, was set that up. It's interesting, and who it's all the same group, by the way, uh, and how how much they omit too, and what they talk about themselves, and who set them up, and why, etc. Um, but they, don't forget, you know, you you have very little real say in what happens when a small clique of folk run the whole world's uh, so-called money supply. And uh, another article I want to put up here is um, Canadian-led movements aim to seize assets from dictators to remedy refugee crisis. Again, it's interesting, uh, Mr. Axworthy, I think his name is, is Lloyd Axworthy, it said Canadian-led international movements seized with astonishing the flow of refugees wants to use an untapped source of cash to address the global crisis. It's interesting because this guy was was the head of the CFR for it, obviously, Liz Lloyd Axworthy, and he was also an ex-Canadian foreign minister. Uh, and he's one of them who came out uh, for the first time under the guise of the CFR as the head of it at one point uh, to announce that they had been uh, heavily involved in the setting up of the Free Trade Agreement for Canada, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which they've now changed the wording of. But uh, it's a big player. This is the, this is this this is the same group uh, that ran is is for international affairs, CFR, etc. And they're going after these guys. This cash. Don't forget that the money that even Gaddafi had just disappeared. Supposedly, like billions of dollars worth in gold just disappeared eh, as they plundered the planet. Well, they get the money from other ones, two other tyrants. Don't think for an instant that it's going to go to help anybody else or pay off anything. It'll just disappear. Nothing is ever what it seems to be in the system. That's what I found out anyway. It's, it's rather disgusting. Also, Common Purpose UK, to show you another group that is, I'm sure is, is attached to the same bunch, who now started off in Britain, but now they, they, they pick and train from, from youngsters, uh, leaders for the world, across the whole planet now. I'll put that link up too for those who want to understand that, what's happening there. I'm trying to show you that nothing happens by itself. A lot of work goes on depicting your future leaders that are going to con and fool you, and they're already sworn allegiance to organizations you've never even heard of. And I jump back just for a minute here on uh, that Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, Jacinda Kate Laurel Ar- Arden, her name is. And how she was, part of her training, uh, she was put in with uh, the Prime Minister Helen Clark, working as a researcher at the University of Waikato. 
And then she also was elected president of the International Union of Socialist Youth. There you go, as well, eh? 2008. Now she's a prime minister. Hmm? She also was sent off to, to Britain to study under Tony Blair at one point. I think it was Tony Blair, at least. And she's, uh, yeah, had her well-trained, well-trained, you see. And you think they just suddenly, you think they just go up there and say, I think I'll run for election under this party or whatever. Nothing is further from the truth, folks. Nothing. Nothing. And billionaires fund this kind of thing. People who have never, have never got a callus in their hand by even using a pair of shears to cut a hedge. Although they're running hedge funds and things, but that's all they've got to do with hedges. Now, just to quickly top off quick, because I haven't run out of time already, Monsanto's top weed killer now found in pet food, as well as cereal. It's just warning folk not to buy stuff that's brought in from abroad. Uh, it says that Cornell University found glyphosate in uh, all 18 of the dog and cat food brands that surveyed, including one product that was certified GMO-free. Mind you, they found it in all, even pregnant women's uh, breast milk and so on. Everybody's got it in them now. And I'm sure a lot of this stuff, too, this food is, is causing the part of it to do with obesity. We're getting changed, we're getting altered by... Uh, don't forget that the chemical industries we're talking about were all part of the war industry. For the, and they're getting sterilized too. A war is a war is a war, right? You always think of wars with soldiers in uniforms. No, most of the wars don't have uniforms like that. Most of them are cultural, revolutionary cultural, sexual revolutions, etc. Drug revolutions, that's still going on. And it's not over yet. So anyway, um, I'll put all these links up and hopefully you'll get something out of them. One last thing too, a Guardian article from Britain. Too young to decide questions dividing real-life butterfly families, are calling them, uh, behind the ITV in Britain, independent television. Drama about, it's a drama, which probably means it's fictional, but I don't know. A transgender child has a fierce debate that has led parents to challenge a pioneering clinic. And the clinic is, guess where it is too, eh? Would you guess where it is? Where the clinic is? Tavistock, eh? the ones who have been involved in, in transitioning society from a, for a long, long time. Uh, Julian Huxley, not Julian Huxley, but uh, maybe he did go there possibly, but Aldous Huxley mentioned that he had been through these places to do with altering the brain chemistry of people and even using uh, electrodes in their brains to modify behavior and so on at the an institute years ago. It was a kind of experimental laboratory. So this, of course. But also the whole, the whole point of, of the Tavistock was to alter and change the system and the culture and society, for those who don't know it. I'll put these up for you. And as, as the temperature now is about 15 below freezing, I'll get ready to go and get a hot cup of tea before I hit the hay uh, for tonight. And maybe shovel up some more snow beforehand, mind you, I don't know. I hope you're doing okay. And I hope that uh, you're surviving the what's called inflation today as the cost of living goes through the roof as your money is worth less and less and less because of the beautiful last crash and the special drawing rights which demanded that the, the citizens pay off all the borrowed money that the big banks got from your government and tax money, which was the citizens again. That's <laughs> what so you pay twice, didn't you? You always pay, pay, pay. That's what you're for, mind you. What else are you for? Hmm? If you don't have a purpose, believe you me, there's a, a thousand organizations out there 
got ready to offer you one to use you. And that's the truth of it. I'm Alan Watch, Winter Canada, and it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you. <laughs>